Many data sources produce new data points at a very high rate. And with so much data, the issue of data quality emerges. Low-quality data can degrade the accuracy of machine learning models that are built around those data sources. And ideally, we would have completely clean data sources, but unfortunately, that's not very realistic. One alternative is a data cleaning system, which can allow us to clean up the data after it has already been generated. HoloClean is a statistical inference engine that can impute, clean, and enrich data. HoloClean is centered around the probabilistic unclean database model, which allows for two systems, an intention and a realizer, to work together to fill in missing fields and fix erroneous fields in datasets. HoloClean was created by Theo Rekatsinas, and he joins the show to talk about the problem of fast, unclean data and his work with HoloClean. We also talk about other problems in machine learning and the engineering workflows around data. If you want to reach 30,000 unique engineers every day, consider sponsoring Software Engineering Daily. Whether you are hiring engineers or selling a product to engineers, Software Engineering Daily is a great place to reach talented engineers. You can send me an email, jeff at Software Engineering Daily, if you are curious about sponsoring the podcast. And we're also looking for writers and a videographer. If you are interested in working with us, you can send me an email, jeff at softwareengineeringdaily.com. Theo Rekatsinas, welcome to the show. Nice being on the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Today we're talking about HoloClean, which is a data quality system that you built. There's a broad set of data sources that produce new data points at a very high rate. Describe some of these sources. So there are tons of sources that we are consuming today to make decisions. The easiest that you can think of from a business perspective is internal catalogs. It could be structured data that, you know, if, if you are... A big corporation, you could have information about your inventory, your transactions. It could be, so you have these types of proprietary information. It could be sources that have to do with sensors. IoT is a huge trend and, and you know, the speed of collecting data there is unprecedented. We also have information that might be relevant for downstream applications that can appear in terms of structured data, videos, text that we might be collecting. So you really have a diverse type of information that is out there and contains useful data for decision-making. And we really need to have a unified view of all this information to make the most accurate decisions and timely decisions as well. Why do data quality issues emerge from these high volumes of data? So data quality problems have always been there in fact, as I like to say, even when the very first relational models came out in the 70s by code, one of the biggest considerations was how to handle null values, so missing data or, or measurements that do not appear. There are many different reasons today why you have low-quality data, and this might be because of noisy measurements or sensor failures. Think of wearable devices that go wrong. If you are processing structured information, for instance, streaming video, 
or natural language, you know, there is ambiguity. You can have uncertain extractions that are the result of other AI-driven or automated processes. Of course, outliers is really a big issue as well. These outliers could be either because of human errors or they then correspond to machine failures and so on. So you really have a diverse array of sources of error in the data that you want to process today. What are the ways in which low-quality data can degrade the quality of an end application? So it can be that the impact of erroneous data and low-quality data can be severe. Let me give you an example of a very simple decision-making process that an industrial partner has. For instance, you're collecting information, demographic information about your clients, and you have the information containing data about the zip code where your clients reside. Now, you have this information and you want to identify, recommend, for instance, policies for insurance. And if you have the wrong zip code attached to the file of your client, you cannot even perform a join between the information, the demographic information that you have about your client with external data sources that might give you information, let's say, for instance, about pricing of houses and information about the neighborhood where your client resides. So it can really cripple the quality that you get out of your analytics from early on. Of course, you have also heard of cases like right now, they're more and more prevalent of attacks against automated decision-making pipelines that rely on machine learning. You can either have errors that come in, you know, you have a self-driving vehicle and your camera predicts the wrong class for a turn and instead of right, you're turning left. So you have all these cases that can be catastrophic for your downstream applications. So that said, we've got high volumes of data that are being collected and we want to be able to clean this data in an ideal world. How would it be possible to clean data in an automated fashion? So cleaning the data means that you have some information about what was the intended data set that you should have received, you should have access to, right? So you need this type of notion of, of correct or clean data to be accessible to you, and it can be accessible in many different forms. For instance, you might have curated labeled data by experts that you can now compare and contrast with the data that you are receiving, and you can potentially perform this comparison on the fly as you're receiving new data. Of course, this is an expensive process that requires a heavy involvement of humans, but it is something that is commonly used in practice. One way to solicit this type of information, for instance, would be really a manual approach to cleaning your data where a user really eyeballs different values and tries to identify mistakes. And there are other ways as well where you can identify this source of these hints, if you will, about what a clean data set should look like. This type of context really comes into the form of you know, business rules that you may have or logic that describes your data set. It could be redundancy that you have in your data set, or you might actually know that certain types of errors can also be tolerated by your downstream analytics. So it's really a rich, there is lots of rich context that the data cleaning system should take into account to be able to make these decisions and identify 
what errors look like, how can I clean errors, and so on. Do we have reasonably useful data cleaning systems? What are the options for data cleaning systems? So data cleaning systems currently focus on specific problems that have to do with data quality. So let me tell you quickly what are the biggest problems in data quality and how existing systems and technologies try to address those. The very first problem that you have is that of missing values. There are lots of algorithms and a lot of approaches that data scientists take towards imputing these missing values. This could be as simple as performing a statistical profiling of your data set and trying to impute information. So Pandas offers such um, services, for instance, and it's widely used in practice. You may have other data quality problems that focus on transformations. So for instance, you may have a date that follows the European style where you first write the date and then the month and then the year versus a US-based style of writing dates, which is first the month and then the day. You kind of want to perform normalization and fix these formatting errors. Or you may want to be able to standardize really these values. And you have great tools there, for instance, Trifacta, the data wrangler tool that Trifacta is offering is the state of the art in that space. And you also have other tools, for instance, like another big problem in data quality. In fact, I would say one of the biggest problems is that of redundant information in terms of duplicates. So you want to be able to identify mentions of the same entities in your, in your data set that have been duplicated, identify these duplicates and potentially remove these duplicates. This problem of entity resolution is one of the biggest problems in, in data quality. And you have very successful tools there, both in the open source domain. So from the University of Wisconsin, you have the Magellan project. It is in the Python environment. And from a commercial perspective, you also have companies like Tamer that have really taken these types of tools to the next level, to industrial scales and so on. That is for really taking actions to try and fix errors. In data quality, you also have more recently tools that are focusing on detecting data quality issues and detecting data quality issues, especially with respect to machine learning pipelines. So Google and Amazon actually have two open source projects. One is TFX. So it focuses on data validation in TensorFlow pipelines. And they are really what you want to identify as kind of outliers or inputs that do not adhere to a certain format of your data set so that you can detect these data quality issues fast. And Amazon's project is called DQ. And again, they focus on ML pipelines and really what they're trying to do is data quality validation on the fly. So this is the realm of successful open source projects. As you can see, you have projects both from industry and academia, and there are more and more projects that are coming out as data quality is becoming a more prevalent problem. So where does data quality fit into the overall machine learning lifecycle? Like we've got IoT devices that are collecting tons of data. We've got these large video streams. And then we've got machine learning models that are consuming that data. Where in the lifecycle are we inserting the data quality applications? Excellent question. In fact, I will argue that it's everywhere. So the typical ML lifecycle, you can think of it as developing a model, 
So this is part of the design process where we want to identify what are the best features that we will use, what is the best architecture we will use. Then we move on to training this model over online live data. This involves huge volumes of data so that we get our end product, which is the trained models. And of course, we deploy them afterwards to answer queries of users and perform inferences. So data quality appears in all three stages. For the very first one, if you have erroneous data, the model that you will develop and the type of architecture and features you will select will have lots of biases. For instance, if you have lots of errors on a specific feature that you knew it was informative, maybe the model will not pick it up as something that is helpful and that feature will be ignored. So this will really influence the quality of the model that you will develop. For training, pretty sure you've heard of what is called in, in federated learning specifically backdoor attacks. If I keep giving you training data with wrong labels, the model that you will learn will be again completely biased. So at the end, you will be deploying something that will be taking the wrong decisions. And finally, during inference, again, you want that's where really you want to validate that if I give a query to a model and I could detect that many of these features that are present in this query point are wrong, then I can prevent from these you know, catastrophic decisions being made because that point was basically significantly different than the points that the model was trained on. So it, it is kind of an outlier detection problem that we want to solve in, in this phase. So really data quality is, I think, and of course this is a biased opinion, I think it is one of the most important problems across the ML life cycle, from development to deployment of machine learning models. So I develop a machine learning model, and then I train that machine learning model, and then I deploy that machine learning model to production where it can be queried for inference. Mm -hmm. What are the points along that process where data quality management can play a role? Excellent. So let's start with the training. The first part of, of developing a model. Imagine your initial data set has missing values, right? Before you even start training your model, you really want to impute these values because you might, first of all, machine learning models are not inherently designed to, to handle missing values. So you need to fix that problem for compatibility really purposes. The way you fix this problem can have a severe impact to the type of model that you will get after training. For instance, if you do a naive approach where you, let's say, have a data set that has purely numerical values, and for each feature or coordinate, I just go and compute the average, and I use that average to impute and have a complete data set that I will perform training on, I am injecting a bias in the final model that I will learn. I'm reinforcing the fact that more and more data points should have this smooth, basically, value in the feature. This might lead to suboptimal models. And in fact, you can actually, there are lots of theoretical results that show that this is the wrong decision that, in fact, many practitioners perform while trying to, to clean data. Formatting is another big issue during training. You want to be able to remove outliers. You want to be able to standardize your results, normalize potentially your measurements because of different reasons. So imagine you have collected this data over a period of time and something changed in the backend code, some new release of your code was deployed. 
so your measurements might be sifted. So you want to take into account these, these scenarios and try to normalize your, the information that you have. So this is during training, really. It's basically you're trying to guarantee that the model that you will learn will be learned over a clean data so that you minimize the type of the biases that, that are introduced to this model. Of course, machine learning models themselves are robust to, to, to noise. However, they tend to be robust to random noise. So if you have errors that are not systematic, if you have errors that do not come because of, let's say I have a sensor that fails completely and starts producing lots of measurements with biased values, then in these cases, you know, you won't have a problem if your errors are really random and, and sparse. During inference time, on the other hand, you want to safeguard against really wrong predictions. One classical example is in deep learning, for instance. Deep learning models tend to overfit the training data and the world changes, so the distribution of the data will change. So if you feed new examples to your deep learning model that are a little bit away from the distribution or the data that the model saw during training, you might have arbitrary decisions, predictions from, from the model that may not be correct. And depending on your downstream application, you know this decision can be catastrophic. Again, the, the typical example here would be before I even ask a model, I want to make sure that my data point over which the model will, will perform the inference is correct. This typically guarantees that I will get kind of a correct prediction out of my model. So let's say I'm recording a stream of location data points. I have latitude, longitude, state, zip code, mm -hmm. closest business address. Give examples for how that data could be cleaned. So let me start with a simple example, and let's focus on zip code and city. What are characteristics of a clean data set that you would perform, and then you want to imitate these, these characteristics in your system? You know, as humans, we know that because of the design of, of zip code, chances are that if I observe the same zip code across different measurements, I should have reported the same city. Or in many cases, if I have the same combination of zip code and address, I should have the same city again, or I should have the same state, and so on and so forth. So as you can see, you have this inherent structure, these kind of dependencies and hidden correlations between these different measurements that are surfaced as statistical aggregate properties, basically, of a data set as you keep collecting more and more samples. Right, So especially you mentioned this case of neighboring businesses. I can leverage that to identify potentially the business or the location I'm residing in. And every time I keep seeing that combination of neighboring businesses in my measurement, this provides a hint. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm in the same location, but it provides a hint that I am in the location that I saw in the past. So you would expect basically in clean data to have this type of canonicity or, or structure in your data stream. This is exactly what data cleaning tools and Holoclean is, is one of the tools that does that. This canonicity is exactly what data cleaning is exploiting to identify mistakes or correct mistakes. For instance, if I keep measuring, I'm, I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, 
if I keep measuring the zip codes and, and the state and the city for businesses in Madison, I will start finding this special pattern that appears in zip code. I should start seeing it in my data and I should be able to pick it up and be able to identify wrong measurements. If I have, for instance, a city being Chicago for a business that is in, in Madison, I should be able to find it immediately. So it's really this canonicity that clean data has and data cleaning systems exploit. I see. So for that canonicity, do you need a fundamental source somewhere out there that is an oracle for your data? How do you find that canonicity? So there are different ways. The easiest way, as you said, is to have a reference data set, right? For instance, for zip codes and cities, I may have a curated catalog that I can go and query. Apart from that, what we showed in, in Holoclean is that in most cases, you would expect, especially as you're collecting measurements over time, you would expect that most of these measurements will be accurate. So the amount of noise that you have in these measurements will be limited, let's say, to less than half of your measurements. So if you are in such a scenario and you know that you have a lot of measurements from, let's take the example of these business, local businesses. So if we have a lot of measurements from the location that we're interested in, this canonicity should just surface itself automatically like in the samples you have. So by using tools from statistics, you actually can discover this type of canonicity, this type of structure, and you don't even have to ask external data sets. You don't even need to have external data sets to be able to discover this canonicity and exploit this canonicity for, for data cleaning. Okay, so I've got my data set. I've got some straightforward processes for, I can imagine, manual processes for cleaning it. Like I can look at manual, you know, manually compare my data set to an Oracle data set if I had an Oracle data set, mm -hmm. you know, source of truth. But if I want to automate the data quality process and I want to add some more sophisticated ways of cleaning up my data, what can I do? So what you need to do is... Let me start from an example, and then I will move to data cleaning. So let me draw an analogy between cleaning a data set and that of correcting typos while we're typing information in our text editor. So while I'm typing information in my text editor, and let's say I have a typo where I misspell, you know, for quality, I remove you basically because I was typing fast. So I spell quality or something. Immediately, the text editor will suggest that, oh, probably what you were trying to write was quality. So how do we get this information? This information, you can get it by analyzing patterns between, you know, what are the correct words in a dictionary and mistakes that humans had performed. So if you see quality with you missing, really by exploiting the fact that you have this specific co-occurrence of the other letters, you can treat this as a problem of recovering the hidden value of a random variable and try to predict basically back that you use this evidence, the fact that you had A followed by L and followed by I and so on. And so you have this specific pattern that reveals information as to what that hidden value should be. So all these spell checkers that we have really rely on very simple machine learning models like Naive Bayes try and pick up statistical information from what you have observed 
to try and predict what you should have observed. So try to predict what is really the hidden world that you should have seen. Exactly the same thing is what you can do for data cleaning. Imagine you're giving you a data set. Each cell in this data set, meaning its value in an entry, I can treat it as a random variable. What does this mean? I can treat it basically as something that I should have been generated by a random process. And I, instead of me seeing the correct value, I'm seeing something distorted. So formally, what I can really do is I can try to, given the evidence that I have, which is the other values in that sample, for instance, and the other values in other entries in my data set, I can say that data cleaning is nothing more than a prediction task where I want to predict back, use all the information that I have access to, and predict back what should the value of that cell be given access to all this other information. So really, data cleaning is nothing more than this problem of solving a statistical prediction task. You have a model that tries to imitate how, tries to learn and estimate how the clean data is generated. So what are the rules really that the data set should obey? And then you use this information to try and fill in the missing values, if you will. Where you're missing here is really you assume that for each cell, I didn't see it. So am I predicting back the value that I saw or am I predicting back a different value? If I predict back a different value with high confidence, it means that I had a mistake and I potentially should consider that suggested value as the correct value. So it's really what data cleaning is, is nothing more than an instance of this type of noisy channel model that is very well known in spell checking and other applications with uh, natural language processing. How can we be sure that a statistical guess at what data should be is correct? And how sure do we need to be? Excellent question. And this is exactly the, the name of the game in data cleaning. You don't want to have a tool that will always go and perform changes in, in your data set. Nobody will trust this tool and nobody will want to use this tool. What you want in data cleaning is to quantify the uncertainty around the prediction and then give the user the option to accept the different predictions with respect to the confidence level that they're willing to tolerate. Now, how do you increase your confidence? Let me go back to the example of zip codes and cities. If I see, let's say I'll take the zip code uh, here in Madison, one of the zip codes is 53703. So I give you an entry that says 53703 Madison, Wisconsin. If you see this entry together with another entry that would say 53703 Chicago, Wisconsin, you're not confident about what is happening but if you had access to a rule that was saying the zip code, the same zip code should have the same city, you know that something is wrong. So you're very confident with respect to there is a mistake. You're not confident with respect to what the correct value should be because let's assume you don't have any access to external catalogs. However, if you observe a thousand tuples that say 53703 Madison, you now have, think of it as a voting system. You have a thousand tuples that say that 53703 should co-occur with Madison. And then you have this one single tuple that is telling you 53703 should co-occur with Chicago. Clearly, your confidence increases now 
based on the assumption that most of the tuples that you, most of the entries that, that you have seen should not be wrong, right? So based on that, the more redundancy, the more repetition you have in your data set, the higher your confidence will be. And this is one of the premises of automated data cleaning. The more redundancy you have, the higher your confidence of that prediction will be, and the higher the chances is that you can automate that specific repair. You are the creator of HoloClean. Explain what HoloClean does. So HoloClean is one of the first tools to introduce a probabilistic approach to data cleaning. Traditionally, in databases where we're, you know, I'm coming from the research area of databases, traditionally, we reason about correctness of data using logical constraints. So constraints like the one I described to you, that if I see the same value for a zip code, I should always have the same value for state. These, for a database, these are constraints that one would specify during the definition of the schema. And the role they serve is really to try and ensure the consistency of new data points that people are in introducing and storing in the database. So all you will do is raise a flag if you see a violation of one of these constraints. So traditionally, people would try to, in the database world, they will try to use these constraints over a given data set now to try and reverse engineer basically this process of ensuring quality. And they would try to use these constraints to fix errors in a data set. Again, this approach would rely on considering, you know, repetition of different values together with the constraints and try to take kind of the majority vote, if you will. So you have this isolated approach, and then you have the standard approach that we talked about, which is that of comparing my observations with that of a canonical data set, a catalog data set that I have. And people were treating these two differently. In addition, I have this other idea of, you know, I may have a constraint, but there are different statistical properties of the data set, co-occurrences, if you will, between values, that I should, again, satisfy when I'm trying to detect errors or repair errors in a data set. So you have these different types of contexts, signals, if you will, that guide data repairing. And in the past, before HoloClean, people were treating these signals in a piecemeal fashion. So HoloClean was really the first system that said, you know what? Why don't we combine all these signals and try to have a unified framework that will take really any background knowledge that we have about our data into consideration and try to both detect and repair mistakes and errors in a data set. And because we wanted to be able to combine logical rules, business rules, together with external catalogs that basically act as biases, together with statistical information, the approach that Holoclean follows is to put everything into a probabilistic footing, if you will, and try to cast data cleaning as a statistical inference problem. So this was the key idea behind Holoclean. When it started, it was really acting as a compiler, if you will, of all these signals into a unified probabilistic model that would allow you to take decisions, cleaning data quality decisions over your data set. Since then, Holoclean, of course, has moved on into beyond the compiler into a more end-to-end -end engine for performing data quality operations. So the goal of creating a statistical inference engine to impute, clean, and enrich the data is one description of HoloClean. 
you mentioned that there's these external data catalogs. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about what are the external data catalogs that you're using? So this is an optional input to the system, right? So if a domain expert, for instance, wants to use Holoclean with a data set, but they do know that they have an external catalog, for instance, in the case of, of okay, zip codes and addresses, I do have an API that I can query to get all the street address information from census. So, you know, if I have a connector to that data set, I should be able, any data quality analysis tool should allow me to use this information. The way that Holologlin allows users to link on demand, basically, such data sets with the inference engine of Holologlin is through what we call matching functions. Really, you want to say that, okay, if I see an entry for a certain zip code, the ID that I will, the key for a query to an external data set should be the zip code, for instance, and then, or, or should be the street address. So... By allowing this type of, of matching key, that this type of functionality for matching dependency, really, we enable users to really specify how to connect these external catalogs on demand. So the catalogs vary with respect to different cases that you have. For instance, if I want to clean, let's say, a database of commercial products that I want to put in my inventory, I may have a curated catalog where I do have a certain ID for some of the products, for which I have kind of golden values. So you can think of it as performing a join in a database sense, performing a join between the noisy data set that I have and a clean data set that the user has specified. Could you give an example for how HoloClean could take a set of erroneous inputs and transform it into something cleaner? Mm-hmm. So think of the process of interacting with HoloClean as follows. As starting point, all you need to give the system is a data set. We assume no access to business rules. We assume no access to external data sets. So I'm just giving Holoclean my data set. What I can do with this, the first thing that Holoclean will do is kind of an analysis to, to find, to discover kind of constraints and these, pick up these statistical signals, if you will, with respect to the data set. And it will really try to learn a model as to how the clean data should be generated, this probabilistic model that describes the clean data. Given that the output of Holoclean is a probabilistic version of your input data set, that for each individual cell in your data set will tell you it is correct because I predicted the same value with high confidence. It is potentially wrong because I predicted a different value with high confidence. And now if that different value itself has super high confidence, then I may suggest a repair. So really what the user is getting back as an output is kind of a probabilistic version of the initial data set with suggestions and confidence intervals with respect to what the correct values for each individual cell should be. As you can imagine, given that data product, you can build a bunch of data quality services on top of this output, right? For instance, I can perform, I can have a, if I learn this model now and I have now streaming data that is coming in, I can just perform a simple check to see if my tuples are valid. If I start predicting different values for different parts of my tuple, this tuple means that it's not valid. I can try to correct errors on the fly. For instance, if I can detect something is wrong and I can perform 
a very confident prediction. I can fix this error and then pass it to my downstream analytical engine. So the output of Holoclean, again, think about it as a probabilistic view of your input dataset. Now, if you have access to additional information, additional context, such as external catalogs and domain constraints or business constraints, these are additional optional inputs that you can give to Holoclean. And these inputs will basically give kind of guidelines to the probabilistic model, additional biases, if you will, as to what this clean data model that Holoclean will learn should be. So that's how things are, are combined. You combine the statistical information that you have from the raw data set with optional additional guidelines as to what the clean data model should look like. But in the simplest form and, and how we have seen people using Holoclean in practice, they really don't specify anything. They just give the data set into Holoclean and they get back this probabilistic version of the data set that they later use to either detect errors or get suggestions and recommendations as to what the correct values should be. And how would Holoclean be used in practice? Like, could you give an example of maybe a data set and the cleaning process and then the, the usage of the data afterwards? Mm -hmm. So there are different ways and there are different parts of the data analytics pipeline that you can use Holoclean. The easiest use case to think about is upstream. I acquire a data set before putting it into my data lake or before putting it into my collection that I will use for, for data analytics. I just want to get a better version of it. How do I do that? I can use Holoclean, and that's one the most typical use case that we see. You use Holoclean, and now you get really an assessment over which attributes of this data set are the most clean, you know, how you get the prioritization over different cells and different tuples of the data sets, which ones are clean, which ones are believed to be wrong, which ones can be fixed of those that are wrong. So you really can either ask Holoclean to repair everything for you so you get a better version of this data set and you store it, and then you can use it for whatever task you want. Or you can even start building pipelines where you can prioritize how you get human experts to be involved in the data validation process. So I can build a pipeline where I pass a data set through Holoclean, and now I'm not asking experts to label and validate all the tuples as it's being done in many cases in industry, but I can just surface only the subset of tuples for which Holoclean is not very confident. But it's confident there is a mistake, but it's not confident as to what the correct value should be. So it allows me to build this nice prioritization, basically, interfaces. You can also use Holoclean, or, or really the model that Holoclean is learning, in, in machine learning pipelines, for instance, before you perform inference. Before I issue a query against the machine learning model, if I had trained a data set, I have my clean training data, I can train a Holoclean model and keep that aside and ask the Holoclean model, is this tuple correct? when before passing it to a downstream machine learning model to get a prediction. So you can also use it as a tool for data validation over streams, really, of data. So there are different ways that you can use this technology that, that Holoclean is offering in the data analytics pipeline. And these are two of the most common uses that we've seen so far. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how Holoclean works. I think some of these things will be hard to explain because I'm not an expert at all in machine learning. 
and I think these are just difficult things to explain over a podcast, but there are some, well, first I guess we could say that Holoclean is centered around what you call the probabilistic unclean database model, and you explored this a little bit in an earlier answer. Could you explain what that is? Yeah, so this is really a formal model that is trying to provide guarantees to how we can handle errors in a data set. It is based on this type of noisy channel. Really, the noisy channel says, okay, there is a process in the background that a random process, a physical process that I don't know and I cannot really measure that is generating clean data. And this clean data is going through what is called a noisy channel. And what I observe is only this noisy version of the data set. Just to give you an example, we have applied Holoclean data set from the city of Chicago, where you have mentions of restaurants, and this is after inspections of like health inspectors, basically. So what would be the clean model there? The clean model is telling us, has to do with how the layout, the special layout of the city of Chicago is, the zip codes, the areas where the restaurants are located and so on. And this has nothing to do with humans and has nothing to do with the collection of the data. It is the process that is generating really the clean view of this world. However, when you have an inspector and goes to a certain address, then they transcribe, they write down in a form, the address, zip code, location of the restaurant, and that process can be noisy because a human can introduce errors. So what we get to observe is the noisy version of that. So the probabilistic and clean database model is trying to characterize these two processes. We refer to the first one as the process, the intention process that generates the intended database, what we should have seen. And then we have the realization of this intended database, which can be a noisy process. And what we observe is this unclean data set. And we only have access to this unclean data set. Now, this view of the world allows us to formally describe many data quality tasks, such as error detection or data repairs or data validation, as all of them put them into the single framework and describe all of them as probabilistic inference queries. So the motivation behind this probabilistic and clean database model is to unify, if you will, all these data quality operations and bring data cleaning closer to the standard machine learning, basically, approach where I have to ask an automated probabilistic model about inferences. So really, this model... Again, the main idea is to unify and help us understand how data cleaning should be tied with probabilistic models. And it also allows us to get guarantees and answers as to when can we even perform these operations. For instance, if I don't have enough redundancy in my data set, I cannot guarantee any type of automated cleaning. And this analysis is something that this model, the probabilistic and clean database model, enables. As you mentioned, there are some generation systems in this model. There is an intention, Mm -hmm. which is a probabilistic data generator, and a realizer, which is a probabilistic noise generator. Can you describe these two generation systems in more detail? Yes. So the intention really captures the intrinsic characteristics of a clean data set. So if we go back to our example of businesses and demographics, 
if I keep sampling information of, of local businesses, I should really recover the co-occurrences of states and zip codes and cities that exists on the map of the United States, right? So we don't know exactly this process, what it is. We don't know it by design. But what we want is to actually use the noisy information that we have now and try to recover these processes that explain what is the correct structure that our clean data should have, the correct canonicity, the correct redundancy, and so on. So the intention generator, the probabilistic data generator, really encapsulates all these ideas of how should the clean data look like. The realizer tries to capture and model something different, which is that of how errors are introduced. In my previous example with health inspectors in restaurants, errors are introduced in a random way because I confuse the certain zip code with the neighboring zip code, right? Or I, I, I just did a typo because I was typing too fast and I missed a letter. This has nothing to do with how the clean data is generated, how the world looks like, but it's just describing how errors are introduced. So this second process, if you couple the, the second process with the first process, you can explain really how you get to see the noisy version of the data that you have. So if you learn a description of the intention model and the realizer, view it as a pipeline where I can backtrack and try to go from now from the noisy version back to follow my realizer model that explains how errors were introduced to undo basically these errors. And whenever I commit to another value for my data point, this should adhere to the constraints that the intention, the intended model described. So this is how these two connect basically for data clinic. All right. Tell me a little bit more about how the whole framework fits together. So again, the really this again is kind of a mathematical description of, of what we should do. So if we go back to the example of how somebody would use Holoclean, all I'm giving you is a data set. That data set is really from this probabilistic and clean database model, it's really the noisy version. What the framework does internally is to first use this noisy version and use a bunch of advanced deep learning based models to try and learn both the intention and the realizer model. So the learning operations that we perform are first to use this noisy data without asking humans about with any label about any labels or any training data, just to, we're trying to estimate the intention and the realizer. Once we have learned those, then you can offer a bunch of services with respect to data quality operations, which is what Holoclean does. So data repairs that, you know, Holoclean started as a data repairing engine. So data repairs, for instance, if I know the intention and the realizer, all I need to ask the system is, given the noisy version of the world that I have seen, and the model that you learned with respect to the clean data, what is the most probable assignment to a cell in your database? So you ask a bunch of these queries against the learned models, and you get the final predictions of the system. Of course, this entire process that I'm describing is happening in the background, and the user never gets to experience any of these intermediate products. All the user basically sees is give us input this noisy database, and you get back this prediction 
as to what the clean intended database should have been. Got it. So there was a show we did recently on Snorkel, and Snorkel is, I would say, in a similar category to HoloClean. Well, I guess Snorkel is more labeling. HoloClean is data quality management. But Snorkel is very much about applying the correct labels to a system. But do you have any points of comparison between Snorkel and HoloClean? Or do you consider them entirely different categories? Yeah, this is an excellent question. So both of them try to attack data quality problems. It's just that the data quality problems that they attack are kind of orthogonal, if you will. Just to draw an analogy, think of HoloClean as trying to fix the feature values in a training set, while Snorkel is trying to fix mistakes in the labels, right? So Snorkel also uses this idea of, I am observing noisy labels, then these noisy labels come from the labeling functions that they have. So you are observing noisy labels for your examples, and you want to find the most probable label together with a distribution for your input training examples. Holoclean does something, as I said, orthogonal to that, which is it doesn't necessarily focus on machine learning pipelines. It is focusing on general data quality management problems where, you know, even if I had labels and you were to define this type of redundancy, you can recover it. But it gives different types of APIs to users. And the target that we have here, the goal of Holoclean is to reason about quality of all the individual entries that you have. So even if you have noise in your features, for instance, not just the labels, we can actually give you an analysis as to how clean this input data set is. Of course, if you have a machine learning model that can consume probabilistic features, and there are actually recently, there are a bunch of machine learning models that are coming out that consume probabilistic features and not exact, you can feed these into Holoclean. But from the get-go, basically, the goals of the two systems are different. It's just that there is technology and ideas, actually, not technology. There, is, there are ideas that are shared between the two systems. And the core ideas is that of reasoning about noisy information to get a better prediction, a more accurate prediction about what the clean version should have been of your data. And how do you envision... HoloClean evolving, do you expect it to get, or has it been deployed into production systems or is it more of a research project? So HoloClean started as a research project and there is an open source version of of it in holoclean.io. There are different deployments of HoloClean in both industry and academia. One that is quite close to my heart is that of the Census Bureau in, in Germany, the Federal Institute of Statistics in Germany. They started using Holoclean, that was a while back actually, to harden their analytical pipelines and and perform data quality analysis. Since then, Holoclean has been tried out in a bunch of different commercial settings where the goal was to minimize human involvement in data quality pipelines. And we have seen extremely successful deployments. And there are cases where we've seen that we can really, for instance, in market research, there are deployments where Holoclean was able to reduce the involvement of humans and replicate basically work that was done in in months, bring it down into just really hours. So it can save, yeah, we we have a bunch of of deployments that are quite successful in both settings, industry 
and more research-oriented settings. Okay. Well, Theo, do you have any closing thoughts on the space of data quality management and predictions for the future? So I just want to say that data quality is, I think, one of the biggest problems right now. And it manifests itself in a bunch of different ways in different research fields. For instance, in machine learning, you see people start talking about robust machine learning against adversarial attacks, machine learning, you know, when you're training models in IoT devices and personal wearable devices, you don't want to share your information or you don't want to share noisy and erroneous information. And machine learning has really put data quality into the center, I think, of modern analytics. But it's an old problem that only now we see successful solutions. And one thing that I I would like to mention is that exactly this, from at least a research perspective and and from a commercial perspective, these modern advances in in ML with deep learning and and autoencoders, I think they hold the promise of successful commercial systems for data quality. And I think it is a problem that is becoming more and more prevalent in industry. And you can see that with the efforts in, in big tech companies like Google and Amazon, I think recently Twitter as well, where they really focus on making their analytical pipelines more robust. And the key problem there is data quality. Okay, Theo, well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been great talking to you. Thank you very much. 